Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the wilderness, James <laughs> Washington fans. Uh, it is Brandon Panikar, a couple hours north of Toronto, with the normal crew: Adam Corsair in Rhode Island, Craig Borden in Rochester. Gentlemen, how are we doing after this? I would call it a pretty damn successful last five games. No complaints. There's no, no complaints. snow here in Rochester this week. Just saying, so there it's all go. can only get better. <laughs> not even kidding i don't know if you guys saw it i tweeted it out on the main account my car had about this much snow a good you know normal american inch what three millimeters or so <laughs> right yeah, and yeah. um in the midst of that thing it was just like really it's almost may and there's snow here yeah. there's a reason the blue jays are in the south <laughs> oh yeah. yes yes and that could also be a reason why they're playing in dunedin instead of buffalo i guarantee more. it <laughs> you're talking about injury problems right now holy crap but <laughs> uh, thank goodness they're not gentlemen um look let's get right into it um there's a lot of big sports things happening tonight which i'm sure you can tell by my hat uh so we want to make good for our football fans and our baseball fans tonight but we need to give some attention to the toronto blue jays who had a three and two last five games uh three games at the trap two games against the Washington Nationals, and my goodness, there were some headlines from these past five games. Well, let's start with the series at Tropicana Field. And look, last week, Thursday, we had Chris Kionke, if you're listening, who called a 4-1 and five-game stretch for the Blue Jays, to which point we all laughed and said, there's no chance of that. I know it wasn't the 4-1. and It very well could have been if they didn't blow Saturday's game against the Rays. I thought that there was a chance to maybe even do it last night. Uh, before the game got started. But, uh, Craig, let's start with you and go to Friday's game. Uh, a 5-3 win for the Blue Jays. Um, they, again, got the series off to a great start, which they typically tend to do at the top. Uh, a three-run homer by Marcus Simeon off of Tyler Glasnow um, and a, a home or double by Rowdy Telez. They put up a four spot on Tyler Glasnow in the first inning. Where the hell did that come from? Are we really going to complain? No. Was, was that really, I think that was the first really uh, – Tough outing for Glasnow so far this season. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's looked really good all season. So talking about maybe this is finally trend on last week's show. Starting to see some of the offense go in the right direction and whatnot. Um, it's good to see that I think we were actually right in the midst of that equation. Because it seems like, hey, you know, if there's something here. Semi and I, unfortunately, apparently only can hit homes. But they're three-run bombs. <laughs> Who's going to really complain? But 
it was good to see them actually finally getting some p- rhythm going. And even the game that we ended up, we're going to talk about here, and the one loss we had over the weekend still looked really, really good, but had some tough luck baseball, unfortunately, because there's actually a good chance they could have swept this series. Yeah, it was great. Adam, I don't know if you want to pick up Friday's game or if you want to go right into Saturday. Uh, go wherever. What were your thoughts on Friday's game, uh, and how confident were you that maybe – they had a chance to win the series after they won on Friday night against Glasnow. I mean, judging from last week's audio session that is now in the record books and people can look back on it and call me out, I was not confident against uh, Glasnow at all um, and completely proved me wrong. <laughs> yeah, I was pleasantly surprised with the performance. Uh, I, I was happy with the result, obviously. Um, I was convinced at that point, well, if we can beat Glasnow, we can beat anybody on this squad. Um, still two out of three is, is fantastic. And, you know, even I'm not trying to give credit to the Rays, but I mean, he still pitched a pretty good game. He still had 10 Ks, right? So it's not like he pitched, uh, just a, a, a dud. He was okay. He just gave up a couple runs and he still went six strong, but, uh, you got to give credit to the Jays. They, They came into the trough. This has been a place where the Jays have not performed well historically, and boosted, sure, not just their own confidence, but the confidence of fans. I love it. You know, after Friday's game, and we can move on to Saturday now, um, Saturday's game started incredible. They got off to a 3 nothing lead again. Um, only nitpicky thing with that is they, do, they did all of their scoring in pretty much just one inning uh, in all of those games uh, over the course of the Rays series. But my goodness, um, Robbie Ray... I wouldn't say out of nowhere because this seems like it was the Robbie Ray that we saw and heard of in the spring, a guy who was pounding the zone. But this was by far the best the Blue Jays and all of us have seen Robbie Ray since he was acquired last deadline from the from Arizona Diamondback. Uh, striking out nine, being in total command with this fastball, pounding the zone inside, low, everything, even his off-speed stuff was well under control. Uh, zero walks, which was just incredible. How much confidence does this give you in Robbie Ray moving forward? Because we've seen, you know, I, I'm not sure if I'd call his Yankees start bad. I think it was rather meh, five five innings in his first start back. He he, he walked a few, um, only gave up a couple runs. And then he was very, even though we got out of the Kansas City game with, with no runs allowed, the walks and the constant base runners was like, yeah, that wasn't a good start. So we've seen a meh, a bad, and a really damn good from Robbie Ray. Do we expect more of that moving forward, that kind of cycle or kind of pattern? Or do you think he's actually maybe starting to turn a corner and picking up or left off in the spring? I think there's a corner being turned. I just I don't know if we can expect this level of production every single start. But I don't think the drop off is going to be that severe. I do think that this is the type of start that you can, you know, more or less, give or take a couple of strikeouts, rely on. And we're going to need to, given the injuries. I know we're going to talk about that later. But given the injuries that this team is uh, experiencing, having someone like Ray in your rotation to sort of stabilize it uh, is it's a luxury at this point. Um, you know, he threw 94 pitches. I'm looking right now, 67 of which were strikes. It's pretty good. Um, in nine K's, it's the kind of outing, even though it was a loss, it didn't feel like a terrible loss. It didn't feel like yesterday's loss, put it that way. Um, I felt pretty good about it and it, I still had uh, a decent amount of confidence heading into Sunday. So, um, I like it. I'm glad where he's in the rotation to sort of stabilize it at this point because of the injuries, but um, I think you can be confident when he takes the mound. It doesn't necessarily, again, he's going to dominate, but he'll give you a an above average level of production, I think. Craig, what about you? 
I think um, it was very encouraging. I think this is obviously the, the Robbie Ray that we saw a couple of years ago when he was in a quote-unquote Cy Young race, you know, for the Arizona Diamondbacks and whatnot. But it's really good just to see him doing this. I don't think you're going to get the same thing like Adam was saying every damn night. But the fact that you can get something very salvageable. What's the worst-case scenario if he comes out and he's rifling nine strikeouts and gives up two or three runs? That was mm. the same that Steven Matz got Friday night. You know, yeah. and Steven Matz in that game looked really, really well. And I know we're going to talk about the yesterday <laughs> in a few minutes here, so I'm not going to spoil the other one. But it was very encouraging to be able to see him do that and run out there and just destroy through the Rays. And then do the credit of Steven Matz the night before. They really only bad pitch he had all night was the freaking Randy Rosarina that knocked a three run home run off him so it was very nice to see the fact that we actually had two quality starts from guys that we were still eh, going on about this spring training with Ryu and everything this looks like we actually do have solid three guys in our rotation and if we can figure out how to work that with the bullpen and everything that's been going on the last few days it's going to look very good yeah no there's no doubt about that Look, when I was sitting watching Ray pitch on Saturday, I was thinking, you know what? The typical fashion of a Ray series going back to last year and even years prior is, you know, you almost always the Blue Jays win a game. And it seemed like last year they would win the first game of a series more often. Than and then they'd be right in the middle of a game and somehow find a way to cough it up. And sure enough, they did. So I'm like, OK, that is pretty on script with what we've seen for the Blue Jays at Tropicana Field. And you know what? Honestly, even when the Rays come from or wherever they play, it could have been Buffalo last year, whatever it is. So going into Sunday, Craig, after you saw that, like, what were you thinking? Because I'll be completely honest. I know the Blue Jays scored an early run, or maybe I think it was around the fourth or the fifth inning. Ryu leaves the game. We'll talk about his injury in a bit. But he leaves the game, and it's up to the bullpen to cover the last six innings of the game. And I'm thinking, here we go again. This game may stay close, and they will find an incredible Tropicana field-only way to lose, and they will drop a series they should have won. And look, that's why the Blue Jays wanted to play the Rays last year, because they knew how close they were to having such a better record against them. Last year, they were 4-6. and six. So many games they could have beaten them. I know that first series last year, Ken Giles, with that save and, and him hurting his arm and coming out of there and going to extras, and they lost that. Just the amount of heartbreaking losses piled up. So, Craig, after you saw Ryu leave and the bullpen take over, I know the bullpen's been fantastic, but surely it was going to be like, okay, this is a script we've seen before. And you know what? At least they won a game, right? Was that kind of along your lines of thinking? Honestly, after we got the win Friday night and then we came so close on Saturday, I was like, with Ryu on the hill, there's no way in hell we're losing on Sunday. <laughs> there was just so much momentum in the, the right direction, I think, that I was was shocked that I would have been shocked if we lost the game. Did I think it was going to be as close as it was? And then the injury to Ryu and watching him leave and then going, oh, crap, here we go. This is the That was the what the, the trap situation was settling in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, it was one of those situations that going into that series, um, like Adam and you, are, I, I was on the fence. I really didn't know what we were going to get out of that, and I really was hoping for the best. But I did coming out of that series two and three was a shock to me because we always find a way, as you had mentioned, to somehow come out just under 500 against the Rays, especially in Tropicana Field. And with the way the offense had been trending, and like you said, the big thing for the offense this whole weekend was they had a couple big innings that led to wins. And really yeah. that was what it has been the trend and if they can kind of make that more consistently and what this this bullpen is insane yes. <laughs> i know we're going to talk about you know first month mvps here at the end of the show but uh, this 
it's insane that the, the fact that you found what we did in Castro and some of these other guys, it's been incredible to see this bullpen. I think they actually said that we had the lowest ERA in baseball for the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Yep. That wouldn't shock me that we continue to trend that. It really is just a very good pace of everything. And I don't, unless we overload the living hell out of them, like the Yankees did the bullpen a few years ago, I do not see this whole thing changing because there's just so many arms that can come out of that bullpen and they're great. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that a little bit more. I'll give you segue points for that because the bullpen was a story of, <laughs> of Sunday and they were the story of Tuesday, uh, which we can slowly transition into the national series. But just the innings they've picked up in both of those games, which led to wins. I know the offense helped a little bit more on Tuesday. Uh, but let's pick our bullpen MVPs because there's just – I don't think there's really been a bad outing that I can think of out of the bullpen. I know that there's been some unfortunate home runs like Piamps giving up the walk-off to Sal Perez in the Kansas City series. Um, Tommy Malone has been – pretty damn good for the most part it's been a couple of isolated outings for each guy exactly like, like david phelps had that one horrible inning where yeah. i think he only got one third or one out or something like that but that was just yeah. it's a blip on the radar compared to the rest right no exactly it's been incredible to see the consistency from everybody yeah they probably had maybe one maybe two innings max where they've kind of quote unquote struggled but the rest of the outings have just been incredible um adam why don't you name your bullpen MVP so far this year, now that we only have one more game in the month of, um, and state some of your reasoning for it. And if you want to name a couple of others that have really caught your eye, go for it. Run with it. It's been a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, my, my gut wants to say Barucky or Dolis just because I feel like they finally, well, more so Barucky because he found his footing in this organization. And it's one of those things that I just don't think they should ever move off him from the bullpen. I think he's, perfectly slated for a bullpen role and that's fine like I know he was brought up as a starter but um he's performing wonderfully um with the exception of a couple blips here and there as we've already mentioned but aside from that um you know Dolis like I, I I briefly mentioned him he's been looking super comfortable and I know uh Craig I think you said he reminds you of who does he remind you of Jason, Jason Frazier Frazier yeah <laughs> I don't know man he looks a little nice and cool calm and relaxed on that hill like nothing's ever gonna bother him no matter what the reason I, I made that comparison talk. was because for whatever reason and you guys probably will back me up on this fact Jason Frazier always found even though he was pitching great something always happened where he ended up being in trouble a little bloop single walked a guy whatever it might be and Delise has that worry to me yeah and that's why I compare him to Jason Frazier <laughs> No, for sure. He just, I, I just, I like his demeanor. I like the, the cool, calm, collectedness. Perfect closer that, to me. Yeah. <laughs> Not scared said, of nothing. <laughs> no. My MVP has got to be Castro. I yeah. mean, the, the lowest of low expectations coming in was basically a flyer. You know, coming out of, uh, I think it was the first game against Washington with the bases loaded, I think he had. Yeah. Um, he just, it, it was, he was in his element. And to be able to perform and to get those outs on with that much pressure, because the game was still relatively close at that point, um, and at such a young age, and an unproven talent, right? Again, this is a flyer. He's trying to prove himself in an organization, any organization. You got to give him credit. To that Tons. is my MVP, just because he's been basically coming. Away. That yeah. and the fact that he's still one of the most inning guys in our bullpen, and he still hasn't given up an earned run. Yeah, still has not. It's very, very intriguing for a guy like you said. Where did he come from? 
nowhere. Yeah. I don't think anybody would be able to tell you. I barely know. <laughs> Cubs? Did he come Cubs. from the Cubs organization? Yeah. It was Cubs. Tigers. Oh, it was the Tigers. Tigers. I, Tigers okay, sorry. Midwest. I was close. Yes. <laughs> but uh, it, right now, honestly... I, Tyler Chatwood, Chatwood has caught my attention completely, and yeah. I think a lot of that is just that he has been insanely good in the bullpen, but then the other fact on that is he's actually starting to show enough that he's got enough good innings so far that I'm actually starting to wonder in the midst of this nonsense that we have with injuries and stuff for our starting rotation if he's one of those guys that can step up and be a three-inning guy at least. I'm saying he needs to be the starting pitcher he used to be with the Rockies, but if he's one of those guys that can salvage enough innings like that for us to be able to run around and get these bullpen days a little extended where they're not, you know, what what we did was, oh, you can get me four outs? That's great. Let's just go to the next guy. Because <laughs> that's basically what the uh, program was the other night against the uh, Washington Nationals. Yeah, Chatwood has definitely been surprising uh, early on, especially the command. Um, there hasn't been one inning where I feel like he's lost it so far this year. Um, it's been incredible. He was uh, one of my potentials. Craig, so I'm glad you took him because um, I'm. I think I'm going to go David Phelps on this one because Phelps, veteran. We didn't get to know him too much when he was in Toronto for his first stint before they traded him for um, for Thomas Hatch, uh, which is a fantastic trade. And the fact that they now have David Phelps back and he's pitching very high leverage situation with with the bullpen being a little more injured uh, than we would like, even though they're getting a bit healthier. Um, it's unreal. Other than opening day, I believe Phelps loaded the bases on opening day. And he did get out of it, not allowing a run. I don't think he's been close to touched since then. Maybe a hit there, a walk there, but he just pounces his own. I would feel comfortable if he got a safe situation. I would feel comfortable with this loaded and him coming in, pounds the zone. And for some reason, people just can't catch up to his fastball uh, and some of his secondary stuff. But to our point, before we started naming some of these MVPs, there really is no wrong answer. Uh, to anybody uh, at this point. And that's why it's been so remarkable and, and incredible about what this Blue Jays bullpen has done, considering that we've been without Julia Merriweather for the last two or three weeks. And Jordan Romano has just been not very good uh, in the one or two outings he's had since he's come back. So those guys get a little bit healthier. Dolis continues to settle in and look the way he has. The bullpen could be hopefully one of the best moving forward. And they're going to need it as there's been so many innings to cover without mm-hmm. two starters and now without another. That was the other storyline from Sunday's game is Hunjin Ryu leaves with a glute strain. He injured his ass uh, and he leaves the game. Um, Adam, it didn't seem like he was going to miss a start. He was penciled in to go Saturday against Atlanta. Uh, I'm guessing that will be either another bullpen day or maybe they call somebody up like Kay or I don't know what they're going to do uh, to cover those innings. I don't think it's been announced. Um, are you worried about this long term? Because it does really sound a lot. And this is just more so, you know what? We're so early in the season. Miss one turn, get it healed up a little bit more and you'll be good to go your next turn. Are you concerned about it long term at all? Uh, I want to believe that what you just said, that narrative is true. I want to believe that it's just a person. I want to believe that the Blue Jays are just saying, hey, it's still early in the season. Let's just take a start uh, this weekend, and it's not a big deal. I want to believe that, but it's really hard to believe that when it comes to this team. This team is so close to the best. And Come on, so... even he was all nonchalant about it. Oh, I know. <laughs> even he was just like, oh, I should definitely be able to make my next start. And then, nope, we're putting on the IL. Look. 
he's our by far the best pitcher in the entire rotation. I mean, it's proven. So you want to make sure he's okay long term. I don't argue that. I don't disagree with the notion of putting him on the IL if it's a precaution or not. It doesn't matter to me. I do worry about this being a long-term thing because when you look at the injury history, save for Jordan Romano, um, things tend to linger with this team, right? They they seem to drag out a little bit longer, and you could argue that maybe Romano should have been out a little bit longer than you know he was eligible to come back. How wild he was the other day! I would have been yeah. thinking that. It's like you know what that other week might have been. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. I'd like to believe that it's just one start. Hopefully he's the type of guy that likes that extra rest. And I know this is beyond just a six day of rest, but still um, you got to make sure that your, your, your golden treat here is treated well. And that, you know, he's, he's able to go long-term. I'm going to just hold my breath that this is just a precautionary IL move. And if it is fine, if it's not, then I, we might be in trouble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why that's definitely the right putting that. Yeah. <laughs> I think if that ends up being the problem, we're going to talk about those minor league arms that you were talking about of being starring at AAA and AA later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, for those that obviously were not in our text chain, Simeons Woods Richardson is going to start in AA in New Hampshire, and wherever the hell the Buffalo Bisons are playing in New Jersey is where Alec Manoa is going to play. <laughs> yep. Oh, and uh, Nate Pearson just got put there. Triple oh, officially? Mm-hmm. He okay. just did. Gotcha. Yeah. And, you know, they're going to have to try stretching them out a little bit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It'll still be a little while. Craig, any, any other thoughts on uh, on what Adam was saying there about Ryu's injury? Are you concerned moving forward, or do you think he'll be back for his next scheduled turn? With how much they know they need him and he doesn't want to be, with the way he was interviewing and everything, I really do think he's like, I, this is, you guys are making a mountain out of a molehill <laughs> kind of situation. I Like Adam, though, I want to believe that. And yeah. yeah. I but I'm leaning more in the direction. If he's saying that and he's been acting the way he is, this is a skip-start situation. Let's get him on the hill. Worst-case scenario, he skips two, and we have to figure out some stuff. At least the way the schedule falls over the next week, they would have been probably running with a four-man rotation to begin with anyway, so hopefully Ray and uh, Matts can eat up over the next week and just kind of run with it and let's let him go. I I didn't look to see who we're playing the second week in the schedule, but... I feel like we're due for that swing. Like we're going to be starting to go to Detroit and whatnot, and <laughs> so or we're due for next that. Week, next, next week, week's the West Oakland, Coast, right? Yeah, Oakland and Houston on the weekend. Yep. yep, that's not helping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why can't this be the week we're playing the freaking Tigers or something, <laughs> or the <Right>? Orioles? <laughs> I mean, like he did, he is seeing the Braves this weekend, which might work to the benefit. In terms of a pit, but he's been pitching so well that you're confident against them. Um, but yeah, I mean, if he's going to come back and pitch against Oakland or even Houston, sure, why not? And in all reality, yeah. the National League clubs know him better. So yeah. that's not exactly yeah. the worst thing in the world. Uh, we just saw how well that worked out for Steven Matz facing a yeah. team that he played all the damn time. They clearly had his number, and not the fe- not the mention. I don't know about you guys, but that I think that strikes on literally fit the baseball in it yeah. <laughs> the other night. They're, I didn't they're... see a minute of the game last night when I was driving, but from what I heard on the radio, it sounds like he was getting Even Buck Martinez bit. was getting pretty damn furious on the feed. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's uh, – I, I'm hopeful. I am optimistic that Ryu is just going to miss one start, and we'll see him. I guess ten days. That was he was put on it yesterday. So it was retroactive the 26th. It was to his last start, basically. Yeah. Yeah. 
So to when he came out, so he could be back mid next week or by yeah. the weekend, more uh, the weekend for the Astros series, which I'd be fine with for sure. Which is just um, token. So, um, I've had enough rest start, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I'm ready to go. This is my headache's rest for me. Uh, I should be able to go out and throw a complete game and be dominant. But yeah, no, it's uh, they're going to have to cover some innings. I don't know what they're going to do, uh, but the way this bullpen is trending, uh, everything looks really good. Uh, and that continued uh, for the most part uh, into Tuesday. Uh, but there was really only one input on Tuesday. <laughs> there really was no other. I didn't even put it in the agenda for whatever day. Because it's the name of the that... damn show tonight, man. I was scrolling through the agenda. Thank you guys, because I just copy and paste that and put it in the team's chat. I'm like, I didn't even mention Vlad's name in any of those. You but of course, to... we're going to talk about Vlad. It's part of the recap so, schedule. Craig, <laughs> run with it. Run, run with that. Like run That was it? just... That was his coming out party. There really was no other way of saying it. I, where was the tofu photo of him holding up a billion hats? They they, they should have just grabbed a bunch of them out of the gift. Yo, <laughs> you yeah. know that was a classic from watching uh, Donaldson and EE have their three run yeah. home run games. So, um, but just to watch him, that we were talking about last week. Vladdy at his best is when Vladdy is period having fun. Every hit that first home run off of Scherzer. And by the way, just destroyed that. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best way of saying it. Um, I think it was Hawk Harrelson was the one that named Frank Thomas the big hurt because he felt sorry for the baseball. That's kind of <laughs> how I felt after he hit that first one. I was like, dear God, that if that baseball's got to have a dent in it, <laughs> it's basically what it was. So how do you, you know, he had a home run and I, I knew he was going to end up having a crazy night. I didn't know it was going to be that crazy to the point of having a hat trick. You know, I guess that's why I, more hockey shit tonight <laughs> but um in the midst of that he just he looks great at the plate and this is the the, the full-on reaping of his benefits seven rbi if that isn't a record for the toronto blue jays it's got to be tying the record isn't it i feel like as far as rbis in a game i don't remember them saying that nine um in his stream game he was uh, i just if that's the record or not i believe he was the youngest player to have a three home run game since like 1910 or something like that too yeah, something stupid. <laughs> there's only that's one guy that had done it that was younger than him and it was like like i said it's like barely modern era baseball and i still love how we call it the modern era of baseball and it started literally over 100 years ago <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> but it was awesome it was it was the best thing on the planet i couldn't be more happy for him just because like i said he's very he's worked his ass off to get to where he is and not to mention the thing i got lost game too he played insanely good at first base that game too yeah it wasn't just the three home runs he played a collectively great baseball game and he took this do you think after those bp things he just said everybody don't worry i got this tonight after all those home runs in BP that night. <laughs> they were saying on the broadcast, that seems pretty accurate. Yeah, just, just hop on my back, guys. I'll carry you to the promised land this tonight. <laughs> Adam, what about you? What were your thoughts? Um, well, first of all, more to the point of breaking records, um, he's done something his father was never able to do, and his father played for 16 years. Okay, so he's never been able to hit three home runs in a game. Um, he's the youngest player in MLB history with a 3-7 RBI game. Um, I mean, and uh, what I'm reading here is the second youngest player in the last 50 years to do it. So this is the Vladimir Guerrero Jr. that we've been waiting for. This is the Vladimir Guerrero Jr. that uh, was 
advertised to us when it came to his uh, coming up into the system and such an impact player. And Craig, more to your point about how he's been, well, specifically in that game, played extremely well on both ends of the field. Uh, I, I I don't know if it was that game or the or last night's game. He had an amazing pick from from Bobachet right out the dirt. I'm pretty um, sure it was, it was that game with the three home runs because he saved his ass yeah. two or three times during that game. <laughs> yeah, he did. Because Bo has not been able to like hit him in the chest with the throws. They've been relatively low, and Vladdy's just been scooping him. He's been fantastic at first base. Um, I don't know, man. This is it, we're seeing a brand new player. Um. And it's not just the the tangibles that you're seeing, you know, in terms of production at the play in, in the field. It's it's the intangibles as well, and it's the little things. And again, I, I know I'm walking a fine line with this, but seeing him now communicate with the media in English, and I, again, I'm not trying to, you know, create racial barriers here or, or you know, cultural barriers. Is not what I'm saying. Just having the ability that we can communicate or he can communicate to the camera and we can understand what he's saying and we can re- get the message relayed. That, I think that's huge. I think that's huge for the face it, of the Blue Jays franchise pretty much. And it's a confidence um, thing for him, obviously. If he's that comfortable with everything, if, <laughs> in this, yeah. and forget what's on the field, right? That had to have been hurt, yeah. harder for him to be uh, getting more normal into that kind of ballpark. Because we hear about that whole thing oh. all the time. It's just language barrier with players. Um, yeah. Because baseball is a worldly sport, regardless of what everybody says. <laughs> so it is, yeah. it's cool to see him doing that and i'm assuming you're talking about that video that the blue jays twitter yes. and whatnot released yes. after that was I, so I awesome loved... to hear him talking about that game yeah yeah I, I think he he was able to to sort of communicate that pretty well um i don't know you're we're seeing a different vladdy we're seeing the confidence in his abilities just bleed out onto the field and this is when i, I when i mention other players like Kevin, like bo when they get into defensive ruts that sort of bleeds over to the plate, it goes on the flip side. When you're doing really well at the plate or really well in the field, ten, chances are it will bleed over to the performance of the other, either positively or negatively, in this case, very positively. So, you know, seeing him be able to to work out the way he did in the offseason, drop 42 pounds. He's even said in a recent interview that he's able to do things now with his body that he wasn't able to do prior to this. Splits um, included. Yeah, he, everything, just just his mobility, everything, the way he's hitting. I hate saying this because I hate the Red Sox. I think he's <laughs> better in the field. But that swing and that confidence and that power is very David Ortiz to me. It's That's got great. that sort of David Ortiz vibe and his just his attitude in the clubhouse and how we get the chemistry. The fun there. levels getting there, right? Yes. Getting along. It's very David Ortiz. So. I'll take it. I think he's uh, maybe not as a hitter quite yet, but in the field, he's definitely more talented than David Ortiz was towards the end when he was hitting bombs for the Red Sox. But you just got to love what you're you're seeing. And he's seeking his claim. I think last year we've been saying so much that Bo is the face of this team. Bo is the face of this team. I don't know if anybody else has been saying that, you know, but I think Vlad, if they have, has heard that and he's staking his claim. This is my fucking team now. A pendulum is swinging. Yes. Yes. On that note, Adam, you probably saw this poster. I don't, and I'm sure Brendan has seen it because they was I've seen it in a couple of Toronto bars when I've been up there. I used to have this one in my room that was of Joe Carter and Roberto Alomar on a on a right in front of the CN Tower on a poster. Right, it just mm-hmm. cheese of thunder on it. Right, yeah. <laughs> we're in that same ballpark now. If Vlad catches up to where Bo is, that this is a dual kind of like fan thing. You know what I mean? You have 
face says of your franchise instead of just yes. oh sorry it's just roy yeah. halliday really right <laughs> or whoever the you know, guy is that year or that part time period um it's nice to have that tandem and i think that is going to collectively grow as soon as we see some of these young arms come through this this system too it's going to be crazy to be fighting over jerseys and stuff like that because it's not going to be just one person i think and right now obviously Bo and vlad are the tickets in town no, that's a good point, Craig. It's been a little while since we've had two faces of the franchise, or multiple for that matter. Probably Bautista, Donaldson, Eddie, and David Pace in 2015. Too low, uh, too. Too low, for sure. And uh, Halliday Delgado would be the one I would make next before that. Probably. Yeah. That is probably very true. And then there was a little bit of a dull period after Halliday left and before Bautista broke out and Edwin broke out. So, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It wouldn't surprise me if we see... When we finally are able to get back to the dome, we see people with Vlad jerseys, Bo jerseys, Springer jerseys, Teoscar jerseys, Hunjin Ryu, when some more of the kids get up here, uh, starting pitching-wise. There's going to be a lot. There's a lot of very likable and marketable players that this Blue Jays team has, and it's only going to benefit them moving forward. But to your point, guys, on Vlad's breakout, um, we've been waiting and patiently waiting after seeing the last two years, probably 2019 Ronald Acuna Jr., who's happening to coming into Dunedin this year and last year, and probably at 2019 too, but a lot of last year, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, and everybody was like, that's what we were expecting to get from Bo. Or, sorry. And he's finally having his Acuna or Tatis breakout right now. And it is fun to have him being the talk of baseball because he was the talk of baseball when he came up in 2019. And he was for probably the first few months. And after things died down, the attendant went right back to Acuna uh, and other guys like that in 2019. So it's, it's amazing seeing baseball spotlight being on the Blue Jays recently over the last few days. Um, and they are playing better baseball uh, other than last night. But you know what? Let's leave the unfortunate Steven Matz outing out of the conversation because like Tuesday was the night and day and everything Vlad, last night really was everything George Springer because he finally made his long-awaited debut with the Blue Jays. As you know, he got injured at the end of spring training, his oblique that was fixed, and then as he's running the bases getting ready to come back, like a week after the season starts, he pulls his hamster, or sorry, his quad. And his quad still isn't 100%. Adam, I know in, in our text group on Tuesday after uh, after that was announced that he wasn't debuting on Tuesday, you said May. Mm. Uh, I said Friday, and Craig, you said some point on the weekend, I think. Or no, actually, you said, well, thank goodness May is on Saturday or something. Yeah, that's yes. exactly what I said. I was yeah. like, yeah, May is only a week away. Don't worry about yeah. it. <laughs> so if it could have been Saturday and May, you would have been both right. But still, um, he did make his debut as a DH last night. Uh, I lit, I was able to hear two of the at-bats in the radio, so I'll let you guys t- uh, really lead the conversation on this one. How did he look? Adam, we'll start with you. I love his at-bats, two of his at-bats. Um, from what it sounded like, he did make decent contact on a few of them. He just found gloves. Um, for his first game back, not much uh, timing at the plate recently. Um, how awesome, I guess, was it, and, and how did he look seeing uh, our prize free agent acquisition finally make his debut? Uh, it was great. It was great seeing him in the – I wish it was the blue Blue Jays jerseys because those are my favorite, uh, the the royal blue ones. But um, I, I, was, I was happy that he was able to join back with the team. Uh, the contact was pretty good. The eye looked good, too. He was laying off a bunch of, you know, I wouldn't say borderline pitches, but pitches that now you see like players like Bo or Cavan sort of chase. Springer is definitely more disciplined in his approach. Um, 
the contact that he made, I think, I believe it was two pop-outs to right field, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think actually one was center, I'm, I, if I remember correctly. It was decent contact. It just it wasn't necessarily deep, and it's whatever. You're still getting back into the groove of things. You don't expect a, a Tulo situation where he hits a home run in his debut as a Blue Jay. Uh, yeah. I did notice, though, on those flyouts, and I don't know if it was because it was a flyout or maybe it more speaks to the injury here. Um, the the running was a little ginger. Um, yeah. it, he definitely had, uh, I wouldn't say a limp, but it was apprehensive to to go full out. Now, again, it was a pop fly out, and generally as a baseball player, you know you're about to get out anyway. So maybe there was no need to push it, but there was uh, some footage after his first at-bat that he was in the dugout, and he sort of like stopped and turned and turned around, and it was almost like, oh, uh, I don't know if it, he's trying to stretch out that quad a little bit more. I don't or know at least if it's fully a little healed. Bit kind of thing. Yeah, and I think this is the reason why Rowdy was put down or put down. It's because, uh, <laughs> you know, they put Rowdy out to pasture uh, because <laughs> they need that DH spot available. For, exactly, uh, yeah. for Springer, and I think he, you're going to see him there for the at least the the foreseeable future. And the way Grayshuck has been playing in center, it's not necessary for Springer to come right into the outfield at this point. I'm happy with him DH yeah. for the next month. I really care yes. less. Yeah. Just the, if you yeah. get his bat in and let him ease in, he'll get his timing, and then when he can finally start playing center field again, that's great. I I am not about him in the DH spot, but I am agreeing 100 over with you that that's why they they didn't Rowdy being a first base DH and with Vlad going off the way he is where where do you put him where how do you even get him at bats okay. yeah. you know even though he was finally starting to look like he um was trending right in the back in the direct direction he should be in so, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely but um Springer. so i'm guessing all in a he's gonna be DHing again probably through the weekend and in the next week he yeah. should yeah he should. i think that's easy that for the next week that's where he is period well um, and they are getting Teoscar back. I guess that's another kind of noteworthy thing as we go into the weekend. It seems like Teoscar Hernandez is close, too. Um, but that just well, pushes I, Biggio back to an infield spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He goes back uh, to second, third, rove around everywhere, wherever he plays. But I was listening to the pregame on the radio yesterday, and then when they announced the starting lineups and just ran through it, just hearing Springer's name at the top of the lineup and then hearing how the rest of the order went. I know Panic was in there. Uh, and whatnot, which he normally shouldn't be, but just lengthens the lineup like crazy, having Springer up at the top, because then you can put uh, Simeon gets to stay down, lower in the order, and he has looked a lot better since dropping from the leadoff spot. I think that was starting to weigh on him a little bit, and maybe he was getting away from the typical Marcus Simeon at the plate. Um, Cavan has looked really good over the last little while, too. He's looking awakening. Lourdes finally with an extra base hit last night. It seems like the offense is trending in the right direction, and it's only going to lengthen that much more when Teoscar comes back. Um, we can save that for, for your next week, Adam, because uh, I'm assuming Teoscar will be back and playing a few games uh, by the time we record next week, Thursday. Was there any of the last five games, gentlemen, before we go into picks to click or any fan uh, submission questions, um, was there any kind of highlights or lowlights that uh, I missed that you guys want to cover and talk about a little bit more? Um. I, I have serious concerns <laughs> at the catching position. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I don't I know we talked about this a little bit last week, but it's not getting any better. Um, Why wow, you don't think a .045 batting average is that great? Yeah, it's <laughs> it's really not. And I 
you know, you got to give Jansen credit for like trying new things. I noticed he hasn't been wearing his glasses and I don't know if that's to sort of change things up. Maybe it's bothering him. His approach at the plate, uh, Alejandro Kirk on Tuesday, I had a nice dime put out, uh, an attempted steal. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful throw. Um, but other than that, had a great hit that game too. Yeah, but other than that, dude, it hasn't been really that good. And I'm just saying that they might need to get a veteran presence in there. I'm just saying because I I I love Kirk. I think he's a, a great kind of Kawasaki player right now. Right, I, he's gonna I get better though. Better than that, yes, he will be better. But like right now, he's the team mascot at that point in terms of production and you know the the memes surrounding Alejandro Kirk. But in terms of the the pure production at the catching position. I'm just not seeing it, and we we sort of need a, a veteran presence to, to awaken that offense. If anything, Jansen might need a trip to the minors. Like he is very fortunate that Rowdy Telez is a DH. He's yes. very fucking fortunate because it, it would either be him or Espinal, and Espinal's been pretty good, especially and, defensively. And in all reality, I I'm gonna make this joke that he's actually the best third baseman we have on the team right now, yeah. <laughs> because defensively, he's lights out over there. And I'm sorry to say, Joe Panic can't field it over there. He doesn't have the arm, and we're, you're getting a wild card right now. But I I really think that when Teoscar comes back, that we're gonna see that experiment pick up full on again over at third base. Yeah, and, and that's another thing that concerns me is the infield. It, you could argue right now, today, that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is the best infielder for the Jays right now. And yeah. who would have thought? Who would have thought that? Who would have yeah. thought that? Give him the team Guerrero gold glove. Come on, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, like I'm still not convinced. Bo has range problems with his throws. Um, Simeon, I just don't think looks comfortable at second. Third base is a toss up. And again, I've told you, Kevin looks out of position there. Um, something's got to be done. And yes, they're winning games and maybe you can be able to mitigate it with the offense once it starts to click. But those are my serious areas of concern. Um, Guriel with his lack of production, uh, uh, Brennan, you mentioned that he did get a hit last night. Sure. Um, you just got to be patient. He's a notorious slow starter. So let's hope that that sort of clicks. Otherwise, yeah, that infield is a very, very huge area of concern for me. I don't know that you can carry a team to like an 85 plus game uh, season, win season with that kind of production behind the plate. I don't think you can do it. No, I agree. So basically what you're saying is they are very lucky to be entering May no more than two games below 500 or at yeah. 500 if they were to win. I think it's actually quite remarkable that they have a chance to go into May at 500, even if they go on two games under. I think that's pretty good considering the injuries they've had. Just incredibly slow starts from guys and injuries uh, from guys that we expected to be key cogs. Teoscar, Lourdes, uh, Bo with the glove, a Springer only coming back yesterday. Um, if not for Vlad and if not for a few timely Simeon home runs and to get and credit. Bo. Not for Gritchick and Bo, those t- those key timely hits on offense. This team would be, this would honestly, if you had removed all scripts and you just handed me a record at the end of April in 2017 when they went eight and 17, and right now 11 and 12, I would have picked that this team with all the injuries and everything. If you told me before the season started what would happen in the month of April, I would have probably picked, yeah, they're probably going to go eight and 17 as opposed to 11 and 12 or whatever it is right now. Um, And that 2017 team to start may have been a tad more talented uh, than the current team, but that the current team is going to blow them out of the doors by the end. Oh, for sure. Yeah. By the time Uh, it's all said and done. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, Craig, anything from you? Adam brought any, uh, his things up. What about yourself? I'll bring up the uh, – I'm more or less going to call out the fact that I'm continuing to call, but I think he's trending in the right direction that Loris Gurriel Jr. needs to – show that his bat is the you know the reason obviously he's playing left field for us every day um he is a very good fielder but he's still obviously learning a lot in left field you can see it in some of the ways he takes routes to balls and everything i will tell you this a bit he's a bajillion times better than what tyoscar hernandez looked like in left field when we started throwing him out there (laughs) but i'm glad that the the home run and the way he's been swinging over the, la- the the Washington series period had me thinking he's going to start coming out soon. Uh, unfortunately, he was my pick to click, and he didn't do shit. <laughs> but um, the fact that he hit that home run opposite field, and it wasn't the fact that he was behind the ball. It was one of those ones that it was outside. He just took it and went with it. Those mm-hmm. are the differences what we saw him doing well last year and what he has been doing incredibly wrong so far this year. So I trend up and I'm also with Adam. Just I'm running with the idea that you, I honestly would rather take a flyer on Riley Adams being our backup catcher for a little bit. Let Danny Jansen go down and let Alejandro Kirk start. I really am in that ballpark right now that if right now, if nobody's the cages and does something, it's going to look just as bad as it did all season last year. And we can't do that if we're going to try winning ball games. He, somebody needs to bat 200 <laughs> this yeah. year if we're catching. I don't care who it is. Even if somebody in this podcast has a suit up, I feel like we could bat for a buck point, you know, four five. I really don't think it would be that hard to get hit in like a million, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure, um, right? So from what I'm seeing, more on that note, and we can wrap it up with the catching situation. Um, you could do a lot worse. And consider offensive production that our catchers have not been given. You could do a worse than taking a flyer on Jonathan Lucroy right now. Well, they were rumored to be at his workout. Um, I think it was earlier this week or last week. So that could be a potential thing. I'm just saying he's probably willing to. He, I know he's been turning down minor league deals. If he wants to sign for the veteran minimum, it is no risk. Absolutely. Especially right now when the two catchers we have are nothing but options. And it's not like you're going to bring up Gabriel Moreno and hope for a bottle. It ain't going to happen. I'm sorry. You don't want to rush that. (laughs) Exactly. And so the options right now are those three guys I just laid out. Kirk, Jansen, and Riley Adams being the outlier right now. And the only reason Riley Adams is even in this conversation at all is he decent spring training. And he's already on the 40-man roster. (laughs) That's literally the reason that we're even talking about this. Because the other catcher, they, they picked up somebody, but it's not like you're not going to get anything but defense out of them and still get a gaping oh, hole of uh, offense. Right yeah. before the season started, right? And, and you're going to salvageable defense from him. But I really feel like if you're going to talk about having Gratterall, I really feel like he's already where Kirk is anyway, defensively. And you're going to get a little something better, or at least somebody that's trending in the right direction for your organization, Kirk. Yeah, you don't you don't want to rush these guys, and that's the point, right? Why bother, you know, wasting? Uh, you could, for lack of a better way to put it, kill their confidence right off with a couple of bad outings, and they might not even be ready. So that's why I think it's it's better or in presence here to sort of offset that. And to, if if you know, Jonathan Lucroy has been in this league for quite a while. He had a really really good tenure with the Brewers, right? And if if he's able to see something, and this is not like anything away from someone like Louis Rivera or anything that is obviously with the club all the time seeing what they're doing. But if a catcher like uh, Lucroy can see something that Jansen may be doing wrong off or whatever and just have that sort of mentorship, that is valuable. 
that the translate well. And if again, if it's just a league minimum deal, whatever. The worst that happens, you just release him. Whatever. He's a free agent right now, and let someone else take a player on him. Absolutely. Right now, I think that's the biggest reason there. You have two great, young, possibly great young catchers, and actually three right now, right? If they bring Riley Adams into that conversation, if they're going to be able to pick Jonathan Lucroy's mind, this guy was one of the best catchers in baseball for four or five years, and then yeah. unfortunately had a pretty quick decline. But there was nobody better than him as a hit offensive and a defensive catcher for those years he was with the Brewers. There might be, if you're looking for some way to improve this team, I think if he came in, he's still going to have a better batting average at the end of the day than what's been out there so far this season. Am I yeah. wrong? <laughs> no, no. And what I would do, honestly, and I, this may be you know sacrilege to Blue Jays fans, I would send down Kirk to get him more season in, in the minor leagues. Because again, this is a guy that came from single A, right? Yeah. Give him more time in a triple A system. Have Jansen still be your primary catcher. You Croy in spot starts, like, and just to spell uh, Jansen off for days off here and there. And see what happens. Worst case scenario, you just release Lucroy and just bring Kirk back. That is the absolute worst case scenario. And you're back. I'm going to flip positions because I'd rather watch Kirk do it right now because For I sure. feel like his bat For is sure. actually working. So, but there's so much <laughs> more invested in Jansen at this point that you yeah. have to give him the opportunity to completely fail. I get that, but he's pretty damn close in my opinion. I know. Completely <laughs> fail. <laughs> Well, look, I, I think we've talked about this the last few times we talked about Danny Jansen. I think we're willing to give him 2019 a bit of a pass to an extent because he was really, and we know this, all the stories, he was really, really focused defensively. It was one player going into 2020 that did not need a shortened 60-game season. It was Geno. He needed another full 162 to start getting going with the bat. So, no, this is, it, it's at the point where this is uh, more pattern. Like, this is him at the plate right now. I think he's gotten incredibly unlucky. There has been some better signs with a lot harder contact from Jansen where the balls have just been finding gloves somehow. And after every single one of those happen, I'm always saying the same thing on Twitter. That he's hitting rockets in the left field at Fenway last week, and they find the gloves of Marwin Gonzalez. He's hitting balls, rockets down the line at third base. Whoever's playing third base, the opposition is making great diving plays, and they're able He's not very fast. So there, there have been better signs, but at the end of the day, man, you got to start hitting. They're like You have to do something. Get on base, and it just hasn't happened for him in his now third season in the major leagues, and it's unfortunate. It really is. And they're going to have to solve that if they want to be a playoff teams have good catchers behind the plate. They all do. Some teams even have two that you could rely on for the most part. And that's what we thought we were going to get this year. Um, But it is a lot to ask from somebody like Kirk, but not Janet, not Danny Jansen. It's time to put up or shut up at this point. So we'll see. It's uh, it's a tough one. It's a tough decision. And one that I'm glad that the Jaybird watching podcast does not have to make. (laughs) We uh, share our opinions and speculate on. And I think we've done a good job of that. Uh, So, yeah, with that, Craig, are there any fan questions? Nothing. Nothing. Okay. Maybe they're just not adjusted to the uh, to the Thursday routine. It's either that yeah. or I'm not poking Thursdays, hard friends. enough because right now I'm I'm doing a pretty good jab and going, come on, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> but as a reminder then, if you're too busy watching the NFL draft and you're going to come back in next week, it will be another Thursday episode next week, and it will be yes. at our normal time of 7 o'clock yes. Eastern time. Make sure you come in because the, we, we're the Blue Jays barroom chat. You, we can't have a barroom chat if it's just us three knuckleheads every week. Come on. <laughs> well, you know, COVID rules you're only allowed three in the room uh, <laughs> if you're in ontario you're, you're gonna stay at home order so you have to stay inside yeah 
I was going to say, I thought you were only allowed to stay at home in a tent by yourself with whatever the hell you scraped together. Yeah. Or just do what Brendan did and just run. Saturday, I'll be fully vaxxed and I'll take all your droplets. I don't care. Bring them on. Let's go. You can drive up, just show your vaccine passport or everything. Let me in. That's it. Yeah, gentlemen, um, a little bit earlier with start time. I appreciate your flexibility. Um, sure. It was a big night, and uh, this has been the only hour and a half that uh, I've thought about the Blue Jays today, to be completely honest. Before we wrap it up, Craig, um, uh, why don't you review um, our records, picks, or predictions from last week at our picks to click, and then we will make those and give our credit where credit's due to Stadium Scene and others. Yeah, there you go. So, Brennan, you had Semyon, and you were a 2-3 and three record. Adam, you had Bo with a one and four record. <laughs> I had Lourdes with a three and two record, so eh. <laughs> I got something right. <laughs> right. So, and then our lovely guest, Chris K, we had uh, Robbie Ray with a four and one. I, I think I have to give it to Chris. I, yeah. I feel like he yeah. had a standout, so that'll be the yeah. first victory for the guest spot. Yeah, fix the click. That so. was uh, that was ballsy to pick a four and one week after the week the Blue Jays had just gotten off of, um, and. That was Robbie Ray's best outing as a blue bar. He was incredible. Like, that was just like, man, that's ace-level stuff right there from Robbie Ray. So, Chris Key, you get it. Shout out to you, sir. Hell yeah. Chris Key is, gets, the, uh, gets the guest spot off of the bench and into the game. Unfortunately, Mr. Yeah. Corsair, this, is, this has got to be your week, right? I hope <laughs> Adam, so. Adam, you lead off with your, uh, with your record picks, I guess. From the time that we record, there'll be seven games. There'll be three against uh, Atlanta starting tomorrow, and then there'll be four uh, next week at Oakland. So what are your record picks, and who is your pick to click? You know, it's weird. Oh, first of all, I'll, I'll get my picks to click out of the way because I, I need a win here, so I'm just going to go Vladdy. <laughs> I, I, need, I need a win. Ride the, ride a the good horse. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, look, the A's have been pretty good, and Atlanta's, you know, they're they, – we've Figured they were going to be good coming into the, the season. Um, I can't underestimate this team, though, given what's happened this past week. So we got some games we're going. I'll go. They'll take. I'll go bold. They'll take two against Atlanta. Nice. And they'll split with Oakland just because I hate that field. It's huge. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they'll they'll go four out of seven. I think that's yeah. fair. Four and three. Yeah. And you went Vlad. Yes. Right. Craig, yes. you're up. I'm I'm actually with you on the, the record thing. I, I think we actually do at least win you know, win four games this way or the other, whichever series you end up winning. But um I think that two against Atlanta is actually gonna be well off is I think the pitching lines up in our favor, regardless of the bullpen day and stuff like that. We're not nailing the, uh, I forget who there's pitching, but I, it wasn't their aces. So I think we can fall on the back of the rotating one. <laughs> and hopefully this offense kind of trends up a little bit. And then that would be going on. And actually I'm going to, I'm going to ride my recent awesome fantasy baseball pickup of Randall Gritchick to the promised hey. land. Because honestly, guys, he had another stellar performance against the Tampa Bay Rays again. This, and I don't know what it is. I guess you can bet on him having a good week against the Rays. It's almost written in stone at this point because he's actually doing really, really well against the Rays. Yeah. I will. I'm unfortunately not optimistic enough to do four and three, even though that's 
shouldn't be too hard to do. So I'm going to go three and four. I think one against Atlanta is pretty reasonable. If Ryu was pitching Saturday, I definitely would have been much more down to say they win two. Uh, but because I don't know what their pitching plans are, all I know from what I looked at is that Smiley is pitching tomorrow for Atlanta um, against Ray. Um, and then whatever the hell they do on Sunday. So one there. And then, you know, my rule with uh, with four gamers, I think it's going to be a split. So three and four on the record side of things. I don't think that's terrible, um, considering that it's a they're starting a West Coast trip. And then my pick to click. You know what? Give me the uh, give me the prize for agent acquisition. Give me George Springer. There you go. Find, there it is. Find the DH. And uh, I will be anxiously awaiting watching him for the first time on TV, as opposed to just listening on the radio tomorrow. So hopefully he can do something fun uh, over the weekend and in the next week. So sign me up for George. There you go. And uh, just because obviously we don't have a guest this week, Blue Jays fans that are listening to the show, should get a pick to click in on our Twitter. We'll tweet it out before after the game here. You'll have until. Uh, tomorrow before the game starts to get a pick to click in. <laughs> so, that's a good call. And, uh, yeah, so that's Friday, if you all aren't paying attention to what day we record on. <laughs> hey, before uh, before we dip, Brendan, who's the Niners picking? Oh, man, I mean. Maybe I, he doesn't I, want a dumpster fire on who it shouldn't be first. <laughs> I already know who it shouldn't be. It's just I'm into who it is going to be. Um I, I am unfortunately afraid it is going to be Mac Jones, but it does seem like there has been a little bit more debate recently that it could be Trey Lance. Um, I've wanted Justin Fields since day one, so I'm still saying that they have not. Uh, whether they put out recently rumors from there just to keep Justin Fields off their radar on purpose or whatever, I'm still holding out hope that it's Fields. Um, I'll be happy and fine if it's lance i won't be ecstatic like i would if it's fields um and if it's mac jones we'll be upset for sure i'll be a little disappointed uh but at the end of the day you got to trust kyle so that's uh that's all i got to say for that all right at uh, least you haven't pissed off the franchise like the packers have yeah well, <laughs> well so freaking aaron Rodgers is gonna about yeah. to give him the finger and just go work he, for fucking state farm <laughs> last night trey wingo who's pretty reputable said that aaron Rodgers thought he was being traded to san francisco last night because there was the offer yeah it was jimmy a third and a few players off the roster for aaron no, Rodgers. It, it was no, jimmy but, the third overall sorry yeah <laughs> overall yeah the third overall next year's first and a couple players and green Bay said no wow I That's wonder insane now, to me maybe. if they were thinking about doing what they're doing with the draft. And Who's then, gonna? Who can beat that? No, nobody. And, then nobody. Not, I, and not to mention, I don't think there's enough people that want to work like Rodgers. Oh. I think San no. Francisco would be the win now candidate, right? The only Dude. Team, fortunately, I could see is New England swooping in, guys. I'm sorry to say that, but uh, they don't have enough they, good no, enough they picks. Can't beat that. They can't. Beat that. <laughs> they can't. They're sleeping the, enough. The only um the only offensive weapon that they've ever drafted since Rodgers. Or maybe within the past ten years, has been Jordan. Oh crap! Was Devonte Adams as a? He was a first round player. No, sorry, in the first round. Sorry, in the first round. Yeah, yeah. I understand that frustration. Sure. That is, you you got to build around your MVP. Anyways, uh, just <laughs> wrapping it up. Uh, Bills either Travis Etienne, which I'd be fine with, or Najee Harris if he falls. Um, I they need to get a running. Back. And I don't think Najee Harris is going to fall, so it's probably going to be Travis Etienne. Need somebody to go with those that that Josh guy right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, I don't know if both of these guys are off, which might not be likely, but uh, the Canadian running back, Chuba Hubbard, that was at um, Chuba. something, Chuba Hubbard. Love it. Yeah. Hey, add some Canadian to the Buffalo Bills, and uh, that will make me happy. That name guys. will make him a Buffalo Bills cult hero all day, oh, every day, regardless. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's just going to be yelling it in the stands. It'll be great. 
All right, it's going to be a very interesting night in terms of football. It's been a good last five games for our Toronto Blue Jays as they embark on a tough stretch and a tough May, which we will start to dive into next week Thursday when Adam Corsair takes the reins and hosts Craig and I. Um, stadium scene, shout out to you guys. Uh, check all your podcasts there. It's where you can find us as well. Um, and give us a like, comment, subscribe, follow us. And as Craig said, send in your picks to click uh, tomorrow before first pitch and you'll be entered for a chance to win the guest spot. And if you get it right, maybe you get a chance on a show. Uh, but other than that, gentlemen, we'll end it with our normal routine of two claps and a Ric Flair. Let's go. Woo! Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.